Welcome back to Thanks for Oversharing, a podcast exploring all things mental health. I'm your host, Colleen Donovan-Brown. I'm a licensed mental health counselor, a mother of three, and a yoga instructor, offering sometimes funny, often passionate, hopefully helpful shares about healing and relationships. Today, I'd like to dive into a topic that is one of my favorites to explore with clients, groups, friends, um, myself personally. I think it's important to explore and re-explore because it's something that comes up all of the time. Today I'll be sharing what I have learned about fear and fear-based thinking. So I want to start by saying that often when the subject of fear comes up, there's an immediate negative connotation, like it's a bad thing. And one of the things that I say often to clients and one of the reminders that I often bring up for myself is that there are truly no such thing as negative emotions. There are emotions that bring up uncomfortable feelings, and some emotions bring up a certain level of discomfort more than others. Because fear is the emotional feedback system that often arises when we're in new territory, um, it's often associated with discomfort. Your emotional experience is simply your body's feedback system. So when we have an emotion, it's just our body's feedback system simply responding to our experience in each moment. When we have a new and unfamiliar experience, fear is often a part of the body's feedback system because it's responding to our experience and saying, hey, this is new territory. So anxiety and fear, anxiety is just the energy of preparation. If you were about to run, if you were at the start line and you are about to run a race, your blood would be pumping, you know, your mind would be prepared to like foresee obstacles and you would have this energy of preparation. It's very similar anytime you're at the, you know, air quote starting line of a new experience. Your body goes, oh, we're about to like do something, let's get prepared. And I think when we have an experience of fear, what, what makes it uncomfortable and what makes it undesirable and what makes it challenging is our judgment of it. We go, oh my gosh, I'm afraid and I shouldn't be afraid. Fear is bad. It's like, uh, it's something that is inconvenient. I don't have time to deal with this. And, oh, I'm wrong or bad because I'm feeling fear. And I'll take a tangent slash detour for a moment and talk about how Judgment is really the brain's default setting. So the way the human brain works, um, for the sake of efficiency, it categorizes incoming information. And it evolutionarily, this serves us because we're constantly taking in data, we're, we're taking in sensations and, and, and details of our experience. So if we were just curious and you know, non-judgmental about every aspect of our experience all the time, it would be terribly inefficient. We'd be exploring every little detail. But for the sake of this efficiency, we categorize things into patterns, and um, we also, as incoming information is coming in, we go, is this good or bad, right or wrong, positive or negative, pleasurable, painful? Is this a threat or is this not a threat? Um, is this desirable? Is this undesirable? And, um, and while that's efficient, it's often not entirely that accurate. It also serves us evolutionarily to mistake something neutral as a threat versus 
mistaking something threatening as neutral. So if we're looking at, like, an orange rock, it's safer to go, fuck, maybe that's a lion. Instead of seeing a lion and going, oh, it's probably a rock. I'm probably fine. So, you know, we tend, our brain tends to err on the side of caution in terms of collecting data about our environment and informing us uh, about whether or not it's a threat. So knowing that the brain's default setting um, is often kind of in error, (laughs) slightly more threatening, um, is helpful because that can help us be really gentle with ourselves when we find that we may have a slight overreaction to some somewhat neutral data. So for me, you know, when I recognize that judgment is coming up, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, this is the first step. This is the brain's default setting. Okay, so my first inclination is to judge this or to label it as good or bad, right or wrong, positive, negative, pleasurable, painful. And the good news is, is that we can move beyond that primal survival impulsive aspect of our brain, that kind of reptilian brain. And then we can, we can move to a more evolved place in our brain functioning and we can get curious and we can slow down and we can um, explore the incoming information and we can explore the data in, from a place of safety and acceptance. So once we've let the brain do its thing of going, oh shit, is this, you know, good or bad, right or wrong, we can go, okay, thanks for, you know, making that impulsive judgment call. Um, Now I get to evolve and explore. So, you know, the impulse may always be fear, don't like it. And we may go, oh, and then, and then with practice, it's this process of, oh, fear's coming up, duh, because I'm in new territory. Cool. Well, this is my body's feedback system giving me, giving me an invitation into this um, energy of preparation. Great. Well, what do I need to feel safe enough here to relax and be able to be curious and explore? And, and, and truly, I believe that fear is an invitation into nurturing. Okay. Um, again, like I, I often encourage clients and um, encourage my own self to relate to themselves the way that they would relate to a small child um, that's having a nightmare. So when I find myself in fear, I'm not like, what the fuck is your problem? You know, go back to sleep, calm down, it's no big deal. Um, You know, when I find myself in fear, it's like, oh, sweetie, you're afraid, I understand. Sometimes the dark is scary, you know, I get scared too sometimes when it's dark. What do you need? Would you like a glass of water or a cuddle? could sing you a song or scratch your back or tell you a story come here you don't have to be alone in this so it's just this kind of pause and curiosity this process of inquiry about what feels like the next kind step and you know for those of you right now judging this because it's unfamiliar and going wow this sounds really extra this sounds like a lot of work um i want you to think about the kind of energy that we output when we're in fear. It's a lot. The energy of preparation and anxiety and fear can really deplete you energetically. But the energetic output of nurturing, kindness, patience, curiosity, um, you know, I think the 
we sometimes go, oh, I don't have time for that shit. But evidently we have time to wear ourselves out thinking of the worst possible scenarios, worst case scenarios that could unfold when we're in a new situation. And not only is that a, you know, a similar amount of time for time investment, but energetically, again, it drains you. Whereas this uh, nurturing, loving, patient approach um, really fills you up. So again, the practice is this process of creating a space for awareness. And so you're noticing your body's feedback system and going, okay, my body's feedback system is giving me an indicator that I'm in new territory. Okay, fear's coming up. And experiencing it from this neutral place. Maybe noticing, okay, you know, my brain's default setting, judging mind is telling me that I don't like this or that it's uncomfortable or it's bad. Um, but my evolved brain is telling me that I can have this invitation into loving kindness, patience, and acceptance. And I, I think this neutral approach to fear can really transform your experience. So instead of feeling afraid and then judging yourself for feeling afraid, um, misunderstanding the fear, you know, fear really is a super healthy part of the human experience. Fear is, you know, when it's in balance, it keeps us alive. My therapist that I had in grad school used to say, fear is what keeps you from standing in a fire ant bed. And, um, you know, fear is what keeps you from, you know, jumping off a bridge unless you're into that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, when it's in balance, it keeps us safe. It keeps us alive. Um, and when it's out of balance, you know, fear can be this debilitating, misunderstood, really frustrating process that, that shuts us down. It's intended to be this like gentle guiding force. I find that when I'm listening to my fear without judgment, I can hear it and move forward in a balanced way. It's when I'm like trying to talk myself out of feeling afraid because I'm, I'm, that's bad and weak and stupid and I shouldn't feel that way. That's when the fear gets louder. And, um, so again, it's this lifelong companion. It's a package deal. Nobody's exempt. You get a body and then you get fear and you learn how to deal with it until the day you die. So better learn how to befriend this companion. And, and the more that you relate to it in this healthy way, the more it becomes a healthy companion. Again, the relationship gets out of balance when we're relating to it from this place of judgment or we're trying to rush out of the fear zone. Um, you know, it's like, again, this well-intentioned friend. It's like, oh shit, all this stuff is happening and it's really bad and you got to watch out for this. Oh, and don't forget about that. And what if this happens? And so, you know, when I relate to my fear, I'm like, oh, sweetie, you're afraid. Okay. There's this scared small me, this part of me that's like, oh, all this shit's going to happen. Um, often the visual I have, um, when it comes to fear, which also I relate to kind of ego, scared small me is, um, I'm not sure I, I'm from Florida and um, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with those wind, those giant wind socks that are often in like outside of cheap restaurants or like um, in Car City, you know, and they're just, their arms are wavering feverishly. Like what, what message do they have? What point do they have? They're just doing their best to get our attention. And 
when you really look at them and kind of see what's behind them, you know, if you unplugged it, it would just kind of deflate. It would fold on itself. So there's there's a message. It's there to get your attention, but it doesn't often have a lot of substance. Often, you know, our greatest fears um, rarely come true. And um, but we spend all this energy like watching out for them. So I love that visual of kind of seeing the the scared small me ego as this windsock that's like waving its arms like wild and um, you know the the process of non-judgmental awareness can just like oh I see you also unplug because you're you're challenging um, you're, you're limiting my vantage point I'm not able to see clearly everything that's in front of me because there's a giant windsock that is totally pointless um, not pointless but it's, it's effectively doing its job of getting your attention, but it's full of hot air. So it doesn't need to take up that much space. It can be acknowledged, felt, seen, and it's this invitation into love. So um, I love Marianne Williamson's work and the A Course in Miracles work. And um, I relate to the message that, you know, if we were going to boil down every single human emotion or human experience, we could categorize it for the sake of simplicity into either love or fear. And so we can... You know, I'm talking about fear-based thinking today, but we can talk about scarcity mentality, um, anxiety, panic, um, anger, hate. You know, you can go on and on listing emotions that, you know, the image I have is just that, like, clenched fist. And on the other side of it, there's that opening. There's contentment, peace, acceptance, patience, loving kindness, and that part of the practice where you can evolve into a space of acceptance. One of my favorite TED Talks um, is done by a stress researcher. And again, I think stress is synonymous with fear. I think um, stress is this buzzword that we're allowed to use. Like, it's not very socially acceptable to say, I'm really scared. I feel scared all the time. But we use the word stress in the same way. I'm really stressed. I feel stressed all the time. I'm so stressed I'm not sleeping well. Um, So I see stress and fear as totally synonymous. And um, she talks about how we have this cultural belief, likely due to some of her early research, that stress has all these negative health consequences. And um, it turns out, her research evolved, and it turns out that when we're not perceiving stress as negative, but we're perceiving it as this signal that our body's preparing us for something new or challenging, that stress doesn't have negative health consequences when we perceive it as neutral or even helpful. And in these scenarios, stress guides us, or you know, fear can guide us towards connection, towards repair, towards taking care of ourselves, towards slowing down. So again, it's this effective indicator uh, when we can relate to it in a healthy way. So when we talk about anxiety and fear-based thinking, the goal is not to never be afraid or to not have fear, but to relate to our fear in a way that's useful, that's helpful. And as we create a healthier relationship with all of our emotional experience, but I think especially our fear, because as I mentioned, it is this lifelong companion. As we develop this healthier relationship with all of this, um, the grip that fear has on us can soften over time. 
So it's like, oh, we feel the grip of fear. We feel it getting our attention. We relate to it with love and it softens. So we move forward with caution, with preparation and with the tools that we need to experience something new or challenging um, with this presence of loving kindness and compassion for ourselves and this acceptance of ourselves. So I truly, again, I see fear anytime I'm experiencing fear as an invitation into love. I use this example with social anxiety all the time. Um, Whenever I experience social anxiety, I ask myself, okay, what do I need to feel safe enough in this situation? Do I need to remind myself that what other people think of me is none of my business? Do I need to remind myself that it's not my job to like impress people, sound smart, um, shine, you know, and, and like, I'm, I'm a, uh, my love language is my primary love language is definitely words of affirmation. Um, and so for much of my life, I found myself just seeking validation. It's really, I was listening to the Brene Brown episode with Dak Shepard and, um, he was talking about his desperate need for validation. I really relate to him so much in that way. And, you know, he's like, it's not, it's never enough. Like you want, when you want validation, that's your primary goal in life. It's never enough. Like you want to be seen, he said like a sun God. Yeah. When you want to be seen as a perfect, amazing goddess, um, then it's like nothing anybody gives you is going to be like close to that. So, um, my goal now is just to kind of like leave the whole thing, like stop trying so hard to win that or feel that. Um, and once you're like, oh yeah, I'm just a flawed and perfect person relating to other flawed and perfect people, um, the pressure of the social anxiety can, can soften. So often, you know, social anxiety comes up and it's like, oh, there's this part of you that once that's like setting yourself up to, to make this experience miserable or challenging or impossible. And, and so that's the indicator that social anxiety tells me it's like, oh, you're performing or you're trying too hard. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I just need to remind myself that like, okay, I'm going to relate to these people from a loving place. I'm going to be myself and that's either going to go well or it's not. And I'll learn from it. So really the gift of the counseling space is that it's this safe place to practice the gift of non-judgmental awareness. So my role as a clinician is to gently and firmly guide each person I sit with back to this place of awareness, acceptance, and through this practice of non-judgmental awareness, you get this neutral space where you can observe your experience in the moment. And, you know, when you're watching your experience of fear or watching your experience of emotion from this comfortable distance, it's, it can be beautiful, poetic, interesting, amusing. Um, and it's kind of the difference of if you're watching a shit storm, it's kind of fascinating. But if you're getting caught in the shit storm and wrestling with your feelings and trying to talk yourself out of them or feeling injured by them, it, it can, that, that, element of judgment or kind of moving against can make the experience feel so much more draining and so much more intense. And one last note about fear that I wanted to touch on is the experience of dread. And this is one that my fear-based thinking and my judging mind can really just run rampant. 
and I can create a whole scenario that I'm experiencing before I'm experiencing. And uh, the author of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff tells this story of his um, five-year-old daughter overhearing him dread going to this party. So, you know, he's having this conversation with his wife and, and, and just really laying it on thick, dreading this social experience. And then I'll probably have to talk in so-and-so and it's just going to be, and I'm just really, gosh, I just already wish it was over, you know, blah, blah, blah. And his five-year-old daughter pipes in and says, daddy, why don't you just wait to have a bad time when you get to the party? And I just love the innocence, um, of that ability to have that awareness obviously there was no judgment it was just a genuine curiosity and so I try to bring that genuine curiosity to my own relationship with my experience of dread or my experience of fear like oh wow I'm really having a bad time thinking about this I'm noticing I'm becoming aware that this is creating a stressful experience in my body I'm pissed I I'm not this isn't positive or enjoyable so hmm what if I just didn't? Or what if I just watched that and was amused by it? And then it moves on. And so I'm not wrestling with it or getting exhausted by it. Um, I can kind of, you know, go around the landmine, so to speak. Um, and it's been a really fun, empowering practice to start to become aware of this ability to... Um, invite love in when fear shows up. So I encourage you all to play around with it. Um, feel free to reach out and give me feedback about what it's been like. I love to have conversations about this and I look forward to many more conversations with you all, hopefully that have um, elements of amusement and ease. And um, I hope to bring reminders of how to be creative about nurturing, loving, ourselves in the midst of challenging new and sometimes scary experiences.